Uh, welcome everybody to the Vail Town Council evening meeting for Tuesday, December 5th. It is 6 p.m. and we have all council members present. And so let's uh, start this off with some citizen participation. And so anyone who would like to, Stephen Conley, come on up. Three minutes. Hey, I wanted to uh, come over and say congratulations to our newest members and welcome give a voice and maybe a face to some emails you might be receiving and Dave you glutton for punishment you other four guys thanks for doing what you do you guys too um, I'm an Orioles fan spring uh, always hope rises eternally every spring and if I were looking at this as my lineup for uh, the next baseball season I'd be thinking at least playoffs very encouraged and other people in the community have said the same things some of you guys um, I know when you get hit up people see you and and they find out you have a 35 40 year perspective um, they probably rhetorically ask you the question I bet you've seen a lot of change and I, I think about this a lot I I really don't um, it's uh, you know, we have some bigger buildings and more tour more uh, guests and we have snow melt and some of these developments some of these changes are a, a double-edged sword um, we've kind of lost some things like the Jerry Ford Invitational and the Ski Classic World Cup the rummage sale even though it was in Minturn it was much of a veil thing as by Byron Brown but uh, the chapel's always open the amphitheaters uh, still rocking after all these years um, I hope you guys will consider the crazy idea to put a roof on it and give us a 365 day a year uh, uh, venue and also a place for small uh, build, uh, small conferences but um, you know this is an international destination but for the rest of us for our visitors to the rest of us it's a small town we love it here and we're all passionate about it and I know from first-hand knowledge here that these meetings can have an effect on what happens going all the way back to 89 when management had this idea of putting a stoplight or a traffic light where the roundabout is this place was packed I've never seen it more packed where everybody was on the same One page minute. and wanted the same things to have happen I, the Grinch is my favorite guy and I'll make this as fast as I can there are times though that you guys have to step up and make executive decisions um, you have to preserve the small town charm that we all came here for the fun that we all came here for our original intentions so as you move forward and make make decisions please try to see that they align with what the original intentions were that we all came here for and um, I always drop down a, a, ch a challenge and it's on the green front here and uh, this year will be no different if we really want to be green with these electric vehicles you have to put the solar array out on the bus barn because right now all you're doing is trading tailpipe emissions for coal-powered fire uh, coal-fired power plant emissions so let's stop talking the talk and actually walk the walk thanks and good luck to all of you thanks Stephen. thank you hi my name is John Gottlieb I've been here for a number of years and uh, and, I, and I love the town and uh, I want to talk about an indoor pickleball facility um, it may be new to some of you, but it's not new to the country. It is the largest participating sport other than biking and running, which really aren't sports, that's exercise. 
um, there, there's been a 500% growth over the last five years. There are 1,500 people that we know play pickleball in Eagle County. The, um, it, it's, a, it's a tremendous sport, not only for exercise, but for camaraderie. It's a very social sport. So, so it's good for your mental health as, whether you're, as well as your physical health. Vail did a great thing when they built the courts at um, Gold Peak. And, and if you've ever been down there, the courts are excellent, but they are loaded. <laughs> they're, they're, they're full. Um, the courts in uh, Eagle Vale are full. The courts in Avon are full. There are no indoor courts in the county. There are going to be indoor courts built. And I think it would be short-sighted for Vail not to be the one to build them. People now look for pickleball when they go on vacation. Um, in, the, in the winter, they look for something to do other than skiing or something to do at night. In the summer, um, it's incredible how many people look on the internet, where can I play pickleball? And, and, if, and, and Vail's, Vail's got six courts, and they're busy, but, uh, but they're, they're overloaded. So the question is not if, but when. And I think, I think it would be a mistake for Vail not to be in the front line of building these courts. Um, there are, and, and people have suggested a number of places. I know that Ford Park has got, has got, is already planned out, and so, so I'm not going to even argue <coughs> for that. But there's, there's Donovan Park, there's space there. There's a space, um, if you know where this, the sixth green is on the golf course, just to the west of that, to the north of the volleyball courts, um, there's a space there that, that, that could um, accommodate uh, um, probably 10 or 12 pickleball courts. And there's parking there. Time. Um, so you, you, need to, you need to think about where. And I know um, need, somebody needs to sort of spearhead this. And, and I, I can't emphasize enough that they're going to be built. Um, and, and it would benefit Vale to have them if they're built in Eagle Vale. I don't know how many people that's going to attract, how many visitors that's going to attract. Sir, we're at time. What? We're at time, time. sir. Oh, sorry. Thank uh, you very much. If you have something <clears throat> to share, you can give it to Steph and she'll okay. share it with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am Heidi Hansen, an owner at Vale International. I remained concerned with the progress of the Evergreen Lodge redevelopment. As I have stated before to this council, according to a sun study funded by Evergreen, the amount of sunshine time would be reduced that shines upon Middle Creek, impacting the flora and fauna of the creek, which feeds into the subpar Gore Creek. With a grass and plant roof on evergreen, the fertilizer and anti-slipping salts 
on the walkways on the roof will drain down into Middle Creek watershed with a negative impact. Please revise the plans for Evergreen. Looking to the Dobson Arena remodel, it was only when I contacted and kindly received a rapid reply from Greg <coughs> Hall, Town of Vale, that I learned of the approximately five foot increase in the height of Dobson Arena redevelopment for a, at a cost of $10,767,685 for the roof as it was revised to this greater height this summer. The impact on very many Vail International condo views would be to shrink the prime mountain views by about one half. This is most concerning and should be reconsidered. The plans show a southwest addition. However, it is not clear just how many of the established trees there would be removed. Perhaps the addition could be on the west side where there are no trees. Thank you for your consideration. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. My name is Rick Sackbauer, and I'm fortunate enough to now live in Vail. I just want to thank you all for your commitment to public service. Public service is going to take time away from your family. Public service is going to take time away from your business. But it's going to reap rich rewards for our community. And the Sackbauer family thanks you. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, thank you. Rick. Good evening. My name is Scott Beebe. I am one of the uh, clergy at the Vail Interfaith Chapel. Uh, I ride herd on the Lutherans, try and keep them out of trouble. Um, I come bearing a gift. How many of you were here in 1966? Uno. How many of you were here in 1966? Not too, all right, all right. In 1966, uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Pastor Don Simonton rolled into town, he and his family, uh, with vision that uh, had been shared with him by the National Lutheran <coughs> Church that there was this, this ski town called Vail that was just getting started and would he like to go and uh, try and uh, be a pastor in the town of Vail? And he said, ooh, well that sounds exciting. And uh, in 1966 he rolled into town with a vision that had never been attempted outside of a military base setting and that was to establish a chapel where all people were welcome. And um, he, uh, he and uh, Father Tom Stone uh, began services. Uh, the Catholics were worshiping, I believe, at the casino. And um, the, uh, the Lutherans at Donovan's Copper Bar down in the basement. I think there's something poetic about that. Uh, Don tells stories about showing up for worship on Sunday and people laying on the floor and not sure if they were there for worship or if they were you know, leftovers from the night before. Anyway, um, we, have a, we have a beautiful chapel. We have a beautiful chapel that was uh, uh, built in, uh, started in 68 and finished in 69. And, um, and I know we're going to be having conversation about that later, but uh, before Pastor Don passed away, uh, I did a, an, uh, had an interview with him in which we talked about the old days. 
And if you knew Don Simonton, you know that he was a guy who was full of stories, wonderful stories. And um, we did a, a, an interview, and he talks about uh, the, the early days of, of Vail. And we made copies for everybody at, uh, uh, at the congregation, Mount of the Holy Cross. And, and I've got extras. If people would like them, they're free. I'm going to hand them to, to Stephanie. And uh, it's, a, it's a fun walk down memory lane. And what I love about the front, if you can see that, it's Pastor Don Skeen in his clerical robes. He's coming down from a, 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 a mountaintop worship service. And he's skiing down with his robes. And he's got his Boda bag on the side full of communion wine, uh, which he did tell me he did stop and have a slug on the way down. But anyway, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Scott. Do we have anyone else for any citizen participation? Hi, everyone. We, um, I'm Gabby Milhone. This is Katie Santambrogio. We're here today um, just with an update on the Vail Bighorn Initiative, and we just wanted to welcome the new council members and congratulate you. Um, and we just wanted to reiterate, um, for those of you who were here, the last time we were here, we wanted to reiterate our commitment to raising the full $3 million for the Vail Bighorn Sheep Initiative. For those of you who are new, we just simply wanted to introduce ourselves and let you know that We'd love to meet with you. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to bring you up to speed on what we're doing with the Vail Bighorn Sheep Initiative. We'd love to thank you guys for all of your efforts so far. And um, just give you a quick recap of what, the, what has happened since we last saw you. So we are gearing up to launch our public campaign in January. It will be at the, Vail, at the Sheep Show. <laughs> Um, and that's where we'll be launching the campaign. So if you, for those of you who are new here, um, we've raised about 30% of our campaign goals so far. And so starting in January in Reno at Sheep Show, we'll be making our public launch where we hope to see this campaign through. Um, Katie can kind of bring you more up to date on the donor side of it. That's sort of the, the marketing update. We have a three-prong approach that we're looking to go forward with, and I'll let Katie take it from here. Great, thank you guys. Um, we are, you know, we're excited to just continue kind of on the momentum that we had. We did a little bit of a blitz campaign in October uh, leading up to the council's vote of approval to, um, to purchase the property and um, have kind of taken a little bit of a pause but have been working with individual donors to secure some major gifts. Um, and are continuing down that path. As Gabby said, um, going to the Wild Sheep Foundation Sheep Show will really give us an opportunity to kind of continue to broaden the scope of donors who have already been involved. You know, we had over 800, almost 900 donors um, that have made One commitments minute. to this. And so um, we'll continue that. And then we also have a number of grant opportunities that we're pursuing. Um, and we we'll just welcome the opportunity to get to sit down with each of you guys, talk about kind of the efforts of the campaign, really the um, philosophy of both and about protecting um, the Vail Bighorn sheep as well as supporting the affordable housing initiatives that the town has taken on um, and kind of going in tandem with that. So welcome. We're excited to get to work with all of you and meet with you each individually to answer questions, brainstorm ideas, and work together. Thank Thanks. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you very much.
Any more public comment? In My name is Jerry Stevens. I live in uh, Valley Ranch, PUD in Westvale. I wasn't here in 1966, but I've uh, lived in Vale since 1971. And uh, I've watched the uh, town grow from a world-class ski resort with a pretty sleepy summer to a, a world-class year-round recreational resort. And uh, my family uh, has been privileged to be able to participate in a lot of the sports and activities in this town, running, mountain biking, soccer, rugby, uh, golf, and uh, the fastest growing sport in the country, that goofy sounding name, pickleball. So John Gottlieb called me uh, yesterday and asked if I uh, was coming to the town council meeting. I asked him why, and he said he was gonna talk about pickleball. So uh, considering that uh, since I was the pickleball director for eight years, the original director, uh, leaving in January, and since John used to drain my knee after every m rugby match, I thought I would uh, come and support his uh, point of view. I agree that uh, pickleball has been the fastest growing sport in the country for many years, and uh, it continues to grow in Vail. It's grown exponentially um, at Golden Peak, and we need uh, uh, an indoor facility so we can, so players can, can play year-round. Uh, so I'm, I'm just here to support that, that uh, uh, opinion. And I don't know what the next steps for town council would be, but uh, I think John mentioned there's, there's a space just up the road from Golden Peak that, you know, it's about twice the size of the Golden Peak courts and uh, just west of the volleyball courts. It might not be a bad place to think about for indoor pickleball. I know some of the neighbors there play and have, have indicated they think the neighborhood would be behind, would be behind it. So um, I, I have to say it was a tough decision when the council uh, decided to build Golden Peak. And it was, it was so nice when uh, uh, Mayor Chapin would ride his bike by and stop sometimes and say, Jerry, we're, I'm so glad every time I ride by this court, these courts are packed. And it just reaffirms what a good decision it was uh, to make this investment. So, thank you. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you. Thanks, Jerry. Steph, do we have anyone on Zoom? Mayor Coggan, I'm showing four attendees, and no one is raising their hands. All righty. I think we're good. Thank you, everybody, for participating. Um, we do not have any actions as a result of executive session. Um, so we'll move into our proclamations and we're gonna start with Reed. Sorry, you're out. Yeah, rough first day. Reed, you're gonna start and then we'll go to uh, Sam and then work our way back around. All right, this is proclamation number 14 series of 2023, a proclamation declaring December 8th, 2023 as Whovale Day. Yeah, do all right. Yeah. Why don't we go in the first whereas? You get to hear the first whereas. I, I get aware. <laughs> whereas this holiday, we will celebrate the ninth anniversary of our tradition to twist the story of how the Grinch stole Christmas. In this season, in that this season, is not Whoville, it's Whovale. Whereas Four Seasons Resort and Residences will unveil a Dr. Seuss Whoville-inspired gingerbread house facade as part of its holiday offerings for children and their families, 
The giant gingerbread house facade is a result of the combined efforts from their staff. Whereas the gingerbread house facade was created and built by the talented carpenters and the engineering team of Four Seasons Vale. Whereas the gingerbread house facade will be made by the resort's pastry chef, Mackenzie Champion, and decorated by the pastry team of the Four Seasons Resort Vale with a special guest appearance from the Grinch. Whereas the giant gingerbread house facade will be unveiled on Friday, December 8, 2023 at 3 p.m. at Four Seasons Resort and Residences Vale, located at One Vale Road, symbolizing the beginning of the holiday season and providing an opportunity for all the community to come and enjoy. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the mayor and the town council of the town of Vail, Colorado, that Friday, December 8, will be <clears throat> recognized as Who Vail Day, to be celebrated by all who live in, all who live, all who in, live in Vail and visit our community, Vail, Colorado, dated this fifth day of December, 2023. And I believe there is a team and the Grinch. <laughs> Can we get a word thank from the you. Grinch? Uh, thank you, Mayor Chapin. Thank you, Town Council members. Um, on behalf of Four Seasons Resort Vale, we wanted to thank you uh, for doing this yet again for us, for the ninth tradition um, with, the, with the Grinch. Um, so Who Vale is going to be this coming Friday, uh, right across the street at Four Seasons Resort Vale from 3 to 5 p.m. And everyone in town is welcome. We'll have cookies, we'll have green, green eggnog, and of course the Grinch is going to be there, and we will have the unveiling of the Who, uh, the gingerbread house facade. Would anybody like a cookie? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> me? Where's Looks the green like stuff? Yeah, for the crowd. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm okay. I was just... Making sure you didn't forget it. Thanks very much. <laughs> this is for the Grinch. What about, about the cookies? Thank you. You never know anymore. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give some to Matt. You did all that effort. Thank you. No thanks. Sure, I'll try. Barry will drink anything. Jonathan, you have that motion? Yeah, I got it. Up next are appointments for boards and commissions, and we have a vacancy on the Planning and Environmental Commission, and so I'll look for a motion for that. Motion to appoint Scott McBride to serve on the PEC for a partial term ending March 31st, 2025. Second. Second. 
We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. I am also in favor. Any opposed? Uh, motion carries 7-0. And I just want to thank uh, both Jack and Scott for taking the time to apply. And um, best of luck to Scott. Um, all right. We've got our consent agenda and just one item on that. Motion to approve resolution number 48, series of 2023, a resolution designating <coughs> bank accounts for the town of Vail with Russ Forrest, Kathleen Holleran, Carly Smith, and Alex Yukubiak as designated signers on those accounts, permitted by the chart of the town of Vail, its ordinances, and its statutes in the state of Colorado, and setting forth the details in regard thereof. Second. All right, we've got a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. 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 I'm also in favor. Any opposed? Motion carries 7 0. And now we're into our town manager report. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Just wanted to follow up from this afternoon uh, on committee assignments. And I believe Reed has started a list and solicited feedback from council members on uh, interest in. Um, Reed, I don't know if you mm -hmm. want to say anything or acknowledge anything, or simply we'd be happy to take the list and make sure it's fully filled out by the town council. Uh, by the time we get to the next council meeting. Yep. Yeah. We'll just uh, work through it in a meeting and hand it off to you. Fantastic. And then next, uh, next Tuesday, um, the mayor and I um, have been discussing having a special meeting, kind of a kickoff just to break bread together with the council and to begin thinking about our, what are some high-level strategic issues we may want to think about in terms of inclusion in a future strategic plan, which we hope to work with you to complete in the first quarter of next year. Um, so just wondered if the council would be open to a special meeting next Tuesday, um, approximately 12 o'clock, might be for an hour and a half. Uh, and just first wanted to ask if the council was open to that. And yes. Yeah, and just for the new folks, we, you know, we always kind of do this but historically it's kind of happened in january and then by the time you kind of get going you've already lost a little bit so this just came about when russ and i were talking about you know kind of getting a jump start on that so we can be thinking about what you know what we want to get accomplished because years meetings and months and years go by real fast so uh, we're looking at having this at the Grand View. We'd have lunch, and again, um, just begin thinking. You know, what are those big tough issues we need to begin to think about? Um, and we'll have some uh, materials for you uh, for a packet. Uh, one of the things Chris is working on is something that just kind of summarizes kind of high-level public feedback we've gotten from both residents and guests over the last two years. So that's all I had. Thank you. I, I want to make a quick comment. Um, this is great, Russ, and I don't know if this was created by the council and yourself or whoever, but we never really had a chart like this. We always had our town council action plan, which is easy to refer to, but um, I love this. It, it lays out our goals, it lays out next steps and who's in charge. I don't have to go searching through emails and other things like that. So thanks to whoever uh, was behind putting this together and it gives us a great template for a strategic plan going forward. Great, thank and you. Thank you. Right. All right. Uh, on to our action items. And the first one is ordinance number 28, series of 2023, first reading, <clears throat> an ordinance making budget adjustments to the 
Town and Vale General Fund, Capital Projects Fund, Real Estate Transfer Tax Fund, Housing Fund, Vale Marketing Fund, Heavy Equipment Fund, and Timber Ridge Fund of the 2023 budget of the Town of Vale, Colorado, and authorizing uh, set adjust these set adjustments as set forth herein and setting forth details in regard thereto. And we've got Carly Smith, Finance Director. Thank you. Good evening. So tonight's ordinance will allocate approximately $2.3 million across all of the town's funds. The majority of that expenditure you'll see um, in the general fund. And then I'm going to go through the memo and just hit kind of the high dollar significant items. And then um, you can feel free to ask me any questions about anything um, in more detail. So to start off, we have first updated revenue projections based on where we are forecasting year to date. Uh, we have added an additional 348,000 for county sales tax collections. Um, year to date collections total 1.2 million compared to an animal, uh, annual budget of 1.1 million. So we're tracking about 30% ahead of that. Um, the more significant <coughs> increase um, is related to interest. We have added 1.1 uh, million in interest income in the general fund, um, but there's an additional 2.8 million across all funds that you'll see throughout the memo. Um, as you know, interest rates have increased throughout the year, so that is reflecting that additional earned income. We have also increased the amount that we received for county road and bridge. Um, and then also 110,000 for short-term rental <coughs> fine collections. There are also some revenues that we've received that will be adjusted or offset directly by some expenses. That includes <coughs> state reimbursements for fire deployments to eight separate wildfires. Um, there's also 41,000 of police contracted overtime and 7.3 million of use of Friends of the Library funds. In total, the general fund will allocate an additional 1.7 million. 99,000 of that is for bank and credit card fees related to the new parking system. The majority of that is related to January through April of the prior winter ski season. There is also close to 900,000 of additional town legal and attorney fees for ongoing litigations and special projects. Um, and then lastly, a more significant item is staff is asking to allocate 125,000 of funds from the general fund to the real estate transfer tax fund uh, for interest paid on the parcel pre and post judgment interest. That will be added to the total loan from the general fund to the real estate transfer tax fund that will be paid back. Moving on to capital projects fund. Um, again, the biggest adjustment there on revenue is 1.2 million in, um, well, 1 million in interest earnings and then there's an additional $200,000 in use tax. On the expenditure side, there is a transfer of $82,000 in savings from the public works shop budget to energy enhancements. Um, originally, the public works budget did include four new chargers, um, which that whole additional is being transferred to energy enhancements plus a little bit more to be able to put 
in some additional infrastructure so we can install 12. Not all 12 are gonna be installed right now, it's just to be able to do that in the future. For real estate transfer tax fund, um, we have adjusted interest earnings by 585,000, and we have also increased real estate transfer tax collections by 600,000, and that's all just based on year-to-date collections. On the expenditure side, we have included in your memo 96,500 for a Ford Park master plan. Um, 42,000 of that was funds that were not reappropriated um, from the initial budget from last year. So staff is requesting, or we are gonna update this during second memo to look for savings to cover that additional amount, so that additional 53,000 instead of asking for it in the supplemental. And then there is $24,000 for a second month of contract service for fund fundraising efforts for Booth Heights. This will be completely reimbursed by donations. I should add, and to be really clear on that, the, we got the ball rolling in September, uh, and the fiduciary responsibility is going to the Wild Sheep Foundation, and we won't be uh, involved contractually as that moves forward. So this would be the last, even though we will get reimbursed, it won't, yes. we won't see something like this again? Correct. So l let me get this clear. <clears throat> We're spending $24,000 that is going to be reimbursed. Correct. Correct. When is the reimbursement? <clears throat> um, I have billed them Early. today. So you billed them today? Yes. So we should have it shortly. Okay. Because, you know, I've got a little bit of a problem with government supporting fundraising efforts from mm -hmm. private citizens. I don't think it's appropriate. Um, I'm not against raising money for the sheep, everybody. Don't take it the wrong way. But I don't think government should be in any way, shape, or form involved in a private fundraising effort. Um, and when you say you build this, who'd you build? Uh, the Wildlife Sheep Foundation that Katie is working with. Do they have the money in the bank for that? They do. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I confirmed with then them. why are we spending it? Um, I think, like Russ said, we kind of started this to get the ball rolling. Um, but they are reimbursing us in full for the total amount. Oh. I don't know why they just wouldn't. Okay. I'll leave it at that. Any other comments before I move on to the housing fund? Um, in the housing fund, we've adjusted revenues by a million dollars, and that's related to a settlement for employee housing unit violations um, at Altus. And then on the expenditure side, we've increased them by 217,000. 17,000 is related to buy-down funds, um, and then the other remaining $200,000 is a transfer from the housing fund to residences at Mainville to cover a gap in rental income related to some startup costs. We did a staggered uh, rental, rent up. Um, not everyone was in the rentals as of September 1st. So that was not in the initial revenue projection. So we're just covering that gap. Uh, let's see, in the marketing fund, we've decreased revenue by 25,000 for reimbursement from Vail Resorts for Vail Holidays and Reveille. Staff has 
decrease the scope of that event based on that reimbursement. In the heavy equipment fund, uh, they are requesting an increase of 227,000. Most of that is related to an increase in vehicle costs. We have been reappropriating funds because vehicles have been so hard to get <coughs> over the past three years. Um, we're finally starting to get some in stock, but what their heavy equipment fund is seeing is that those costs have increased substantially. In the residences at Mainville Fund, as I just discussed, we are decreasing revenue by $131,000. The move-in dates, again, were staggered, so that's kind of, that is what that decrease is related to. Correspondingly, a lot of those move-ins came from Timber Ridge, uh, so they also are reflecting a decrease in revenue for those vacancies. And uh, there was a lot of costs associated with moving people out, uh, higher costs in trash, there was also a need to repaint some of the units to make them livable for other people to move in in the short period of time between now and April, um, as well as some cleaning fees, floor replacements, new appliances, um, and a lot of trash hauling. Again, for the new members of council, uh, Kathleen Halloran and I did an inspection of Timber Ridge and uh, particularly those long-term residents, some had been in those units 20, 30 years, um, 20 or so years. They were pretty rough and needed just to be immediately rented. Um, you know, my recollection, we were spending, you know, between one and 2,000 per unit, to, but they really needed a little TLC just to immediately rent it, still being cognizant that you know, this project is going to be um, transformed in May um, with a new project. Quick question. Yep. <clears throat> so you, the remaining 73000 is requested for the following. There's two following items, but that's only 40. Yeah. I'm assuming it was just a typo. Just yeah. a typo. Yeah. And then um, can we get some clarity before second reading on the $7,000 of trees yes I have reached on. out to quorum and <clears throat> am waiting on a response from them perfect to include more information on that um, sorry I have a couple more but are you yeah. done or you yep. have more no nope, okay. go ahead uh, thanks for working to find some savings in RET or reappropriate some money to address the Ford Park um, stuff you know I, I was um, I had the same feeling as Dave did um, about the fundraising, and I, I mean, I understand how we got here. I'm glad that we're getting reimbursed, and then, then we're not going to be a part of it anymore moving forward. Um, so that gave me some comfort when I talked to you and, and Russ about that. Um, I did have a question. This is kind of a more of a uh, general question. So there was 900000 just under $900,000 for legal. And this, I guess maybe this could be part of our breaking of the bread conversation as it might be more of a policy conversation. So from conversations with, with finance and with Russ, historically we've kind of lumped legal all together. And I feel like there's a difference between operating legal and then project legal. You know, project legal would be Booth Heights, it would be CDOT acquisition, land acquisitions, things like that. And it, it just doesn't seem, um, appropriate to me to lump it all together. 
And so maybe we can talk about that if there's other folks that are interested in having that conversation. Um, sure. You know, because contracts and buying equipment and grants and all that stuff, like that's just day-to-day -day stuff. Yeah. But when we choose to do a project, um, legal associated with that should be part of that. You know, whether it's the housing or it's red or it's what, whatever yeah. allocation we want. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Makes sense. Yeah. I think it's important in today, particularly clarity in, key. yeah, clarity is key. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, I, you know, something that really stood out to me, and we just had a discussion today with uh, Dylan Roberts and Megan Lukens. I wasn't able to attend. I know Russ went concerning short-term rental in the state and how that, that frontier is changing a little bit. We had $110,000 in short-term rental fine collections, 64 violations we did. for non-compliance. What's, what's like the majority of those? The majority of them were re-registering. Um, we okay. had worked with people contacting them from January until July um, and couldn't get them in compliance to re-register. So at that point, we started issuing fines. Average fine of about $2,000? And up, yep. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a lot steep price to pay for not re-registering <laughs> in a pretty easy system. Yeah, and th this council did increase the fine structure, I think, last, early last year. Well, good. Mm -hmm. I had one more thing. I just wanted to thank Avon for the challenge grant of $2,000 for the toys for the toy drive for the, the Masonic Lodge Masonic down in Eagle. I think that's great, and I think we should plan on that in the future. Maybe we just okay. have an annual challenge with Avon. Yeah. <laughs> with all sorts of things. All sorts, yeah. Let's Make do it. Make it into cash. One more item I just want to bring and get your <clears throat> feedback on is it won't impact the budget, um, but as part of the 2024 budget, you approved a 7% overall increase in salaries. A portion of that is related to a market adjustment. Due to some payroll and staffing issues, we are looking to have some flexibility on when we put that in place. So it could happen in this next paycheck in December or possibly in January. So we were just looking for your approval to be able to do that and go ahead. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm good with it. What, one last question. Mm -hmm. um, these electric vehicle charges at the public workshop, mm -hmm. are these for personal vehicles or town avail vehicles? They are for Greg Hall. Can't answer that. They'll be uh, for both, but they're mostly located up by the um, where our fleet is and, and right. most of our. Um, um, fleet vehicles. Um, the town did adopt an EV readiness plan, and eventually all those light vehicles will all become yeah. most likely electric, and <coughs> we need to start charging those. Yeah, we've certainly had a push for that. What's yeah. that? We've certainly had a push for that realm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I guess I, I can't imagine why anybody would take their personal vehicle over there to charge it, but, uh, you know, I just want we, to make well, You know, right now we have three or four um, employee yeah. vehicles. Um, the other thing about Buzzard Park, also the housing, yeah, is there. Um, we're just gonna see more and more electric vehicles um, on that campus, if you wanna call okay. it that. All so. right, thanks, Greg. 
Travis, I just have a quick question. Just educate the freshmen up here. Um, for the Timber Ridge, I understand it's an affordable housing option, so damage deposit necessarily probably doesn't exist. We have a brand new facility with the, okay. So we utilize that with the, we retain that during the cleanup and um, is the damage deposit significantly higher on our brand new facility at residences at we did increase the damage deposits at residences at Mainvale um, because, as Russ mentioned, some of these people had been living there for 20 years. Their damage deposits were actually very low, um, and that's kind of a policy we did put in, in place at residences at Mainvale is that as rents increase, your damage deposit would also increase with that so that we do have the money to cover these increases. <coughs> So that Timberidge funding damage deposits from 20 years ago is already absorbed and gone, probably not available for offsetting these costs. Um, a small, we did use some damage deposit money to offset, but their damage deposits were very small. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Just and thank you, Reed, for mentioning that Carly and I and, and also Travis have been chatting about just having a kind of a standard P&L statement. We're gonna be, we're going to have some pretty significant housing assets as we move forward. We already have significant housing assets. So just in the interest of transparency, sharing with you on a periodic basis, how are we doing with each housing project in terms of total revenue, uh, expenditures, and occupancy? Great. <clears throat> Sam, anything? Move to approve ordinance number 28, series of 2023 first reading and ordinance making budget adjustments to the Town of Vale General Fund, Capital Projects Fund, Real Estate Transfer Tax Fund, Housing Fund, Vale Marketing Fund, Heavy Equipment Fund, and Timberidge Fund of 2023 budget for the Town of Vale, Colorado, and authorizing said adjustments and set forth herein. Second. All right, we've got a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. 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 I'm also in favor. Any opposed? Motion carries 7-0. Thank you. Thanks, Carly. Thanks, Carly. <clears throat> Up next, we have our uh, public hearings. And um, we have ordinance number 26, series of 2023, a second reading in ordinance rezoning Lot G, Vale Village, filing number two from P public accommodation PA to commercial core one. And we have Greg Roy, a planning manager here. Yes. Mayor, I'm going to have to recuse myself from this. Uh, item, um, I ruled on it in the PEC a couple weeks ago, and I'm not going to be able to vote now. Will it stain? Already shirking your obligations. I did. Yes. All right. Thanks, Reed. Great. Thank Greg. you very much. Good evening, Council. Uh, congratulations to our new Council members, and congratulations to our new Mayor, Mayor Pro Tem. As you noted, we are at the second reading of ordinance number 26, looking to rezone the property in question. Uh, we will have a short presentation for you for benefit of everyone. The property in question is um, 17 Vale Road, known as the First Bank Building. Uh, the proposal is to rezone the property from public accommodation to the CC1 district. I'm going to go through a little bit of history of the site as it has some bearing on the application and the recommendations. Um, originally, this was platted under Eagle County back in 1963, um, incorporated into the town, and when it was incorporated into the town, it was 
zoned PA in 1969. Um, rezoned to multifamily in 1972 um, in anticipation of development. And a CUP for a business office was issued in 1972. Um, the business office was for the banking use because finance, banking and financial institution, institutions was not a use at that time. Um, so they kind of lumped it into that conditional use back then. Um, after the project was completed, it was rezoned to public accommodation, and that made those uses that were on site non conforming. So the four residential units and the bank uh, became non conforming at that point because the PH district does not allow for uh, dwelling units or that business office or financial institutions. Um, so in 1978, they did come back for an expansion for the bank building, and that at that time banking and financial institutions was in the town code so they kind of let them continue under this um this office cup at that time um, so this kind of continued as we said in the non-conforming state since that point um, so here looking at the zone district boundary amendment as i noted going from pa to the cc1 zone district um, the PEC did recommend approval for it and i kind of want to go through some of the review criteria here you can see the differences between the pa and CC1 zone district. Happy to come back to these, kind of explain the differences as far as the site standards that are in it. I'm um, looking at the review criteria. I won't go through all of these. Um, these are what the PEC used to make their recommendations um, when looking at rezoning applications. Um, these three, I think, are worth highlighting when we're looking at um, the application itself. It's the extent to which the zone district amendment is consistent with the elements of the goals, objectives, and policies of the comprehensive plan. So a lot of this kind of talks about kind of encouraging redevelopment of properties, having commercial um, and uses kind of continuing in existing infill lots. Um, so definitely felt that allowing or having the CC1 zone district where that banking and residential um, use is permitted would allow for you know continued use of that in conformance with town code. Um, and then also, you know, how the amendment is suitable to existing potential land uses on the site and potential existing and surrounding land uses you know when we're talking about the existing uses on the site as i said this um, amendment does bring the property in conformance with those uses as they are permitted in the cc1 zone district where today in the public accommodation they would not and then how conditions have changed since the zoning designation was on the property and this one is more of the, the review of this one and kind of the findings were that it really was that the zoning wasn't forward thinking enough or at least they thought something was gonna happen on this property that really wasn't going to. So the property has remained in its state since that time and any possible redevelopment that they were thinking, contemplating in the future really didn't come to pass um, and that you know they were probably not thinking or uh, not part not thinking that the use would continue over time and really it has and so we want to make sure that it continues in in conformance with code and not outside of it um, with that the pc did recommend approval this was passed on first reading at town council at a previous meeting we do have jonathan spencer planning consultant online who was the planner on the project uh, if we have questions i'm happy to answer some as well before turning it over to the applicant greg Yes. Do, you, do you know anything about an easement from around the year 2000 on this prop near this property related to this property <clears throat> near or related to this property um, not off the top of my head I knew they do have an easement on a neighboring property for access um, I'm not sure when that was created would that neighboring property be Villa Cortina 
I believe it was uh, Interfaith Chapel. They have an access easement along okay. that property. Yeah, I haven't had the time to look it up. It was brought to my attention recently. So I believe they did do one when they redid their uh, parking <coughs> to dozen easement across, I think, a corner of the first property. they did what? Property. I'm sorry. When they redid their parking pool area in the last couple of years, they added a gate along their fence okay. area so that they could exit from the parking area without having to go through the drive aisle gate. I believe that's my recollection of it, that they got one off that corner so they could have access to the right of way from that property. And if I could, Mayor, real quick, I'm going to take this time to, because I did have to have to give some advice last hearing. This is a zoning hearing. There's yeah. not a project. There are no easements in a rezoning. Um, there is no project in a rezoning. The criteria are in the section one of the ordinance. Um, obviously, rezoning stand by themselves. They're not required to ever have a project come through with a rezoning. So <clears throat> I just wanted to make sure we keep the hearing on track. Um, I appreciate for, for, that. For, for folks who haven't been in a quasi-judicial role before, you know, it's very different than what the General Assembly does. You know, um, recycling ordinances, we all want to hear what you guys think about is best for the community. And your take on that is um, it's a representative democracy and you're here to do what's best for the town. In a quasi-judicial setting, you're actually judges and um, the criteria are in the code already. Um, you must apply those criteria to the current application is, the, is your job. And um, if you have questions on doing that, we're happy, we're happy to answer those questions. But it's, it's, again, the findings would be in section one of the ordinance. Thanks, Matt, for cl clarifying that. Yeah, we do. Does anyone else have any more questions for uh, Greg before we let the applicant have their, have some time? Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Good evening, everybody. This is Jim Telling with East West Partners. Um, I'm here with uh, Nick Brinkman, um, who uh, represents First Bank of Vail. And I uh, just wanted to just give you a quick high level uh, background of what we, um, how we came to this point. Um, the bank approached us about a possible redevelopment um, of the building and um, downsizing the bank and then keeping the four condominiums in the building as well. They would be enlarged um, under a, a conceptual plan. We did a concept study for feasibility, determined that that, that potentially could work, and um, began a, a neighborhood um, outreach campaign with some of our neighbors. During that time, we paused the design because obviously um, we, we met with the town staff it was determined that we had to go through this zoning change so the potential redevelopment um, needed to go through this process first so um, that's where we found out we needed to do this uh, staff and um, ourselves picked uh, cc1 as the um, most applicable zoning um, district for this there's no perfect fit under the current zoning districts in Vail. Um, obviously, we still need to go through a whole design process um, if the zoning change gets approved, where we go through a lot of the details of, of the actual design and layout of the project. 
Um, since our last meeting, I just wanted to let the council know that we did do another concept study where we tried to address the concerns that we heard from Villa Cortina and the Religious Foundation. We shared that with them um, last week. And then I did have a meeting with the Villa Cortina Homeowner Association Board um, yesterday to go through that and answer any of their questions. I'm hopeful it addresses a lot of their concerns, um, but just wanted to let you know that, that we did that. So um, with that, I'll open it up to any questions you have for us. Does anyone have any questions for Jim? Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. Thank you. And then we will uh, open it up to uh, public comment. So if you have public comment, you have three minutes and step up to the microphone and say your name. Thank you. Thank you, Scott Beebe. Uh, I'm the pastor at Mount of the Holy Cross Lutheran Church, one of six congregations that um, uh, has the privilege of worshiping at the uh, Vail Interfaith Chapel. There are, um, in a world that seems bent on tearing itself apart, there is a place in the world where folks choose to work together. Um, and on uh, uh, any given weekend, you'll find um, Episcopalians and Lutherans and Presbyterians and Roman Catholics and Southern Baptists and our brothers and sisters at the, uh, the Jewish synagogue uh, worshiping and um, working together on behalf of our community that we dearly love. And um, it, is a, it is an incredibly special place. And we, we appreciate our neighbors uh, at First Bank and East West uh, Partners. They have been wonderful to work with and we appreciate their their hard work and their attentive, attentiveness to, uh, to our concerns. Um, I'm speaking on behalf of my uh, fellow clergy and the uh, board of directors. I am the vice president of the board. Um, we at the Vale Chapel believe that it's important that the town of Vale knows that if the zoning is changed, whoever owns that lot in the future can do whatever they want with the parcel within CC1 regulations. The CC1 zoning regulations are not and never were intended for this site and the transition zone between Vale Village and Lion's Head. A building at 80% site coverage, 40 plus feet in height, no easements and no landscape requirements, we feel will be greatly out of place in this area and will greatly impact the neighboring lots, including the Vale Chapel, due to the zoning regulations within CC1. We believe that the town of Vail should also be aware that the current public accommodation zoning is more than sufficient for First Bank's desire to redevelop the property and maintain a bank and rental condos in one facility. It appears that the real reason for change here is to allow a larger one and taller. Just, she was just Sorry. giving you a one minute warning. Okay, thank you. Um, a larger and taller building footprint on the site. Again, one that is totally out of place for the setting. That will, in ultimate, that will ultimately increase the resale value of the property to future developers, whoever they may be. We at the Vale Chapel wish only the very best for the Vale branch of First Bank. They're our neighbors and our business partners. Our congregations do our banking with them. I have been personally a First Bank customer for over 33 years. I and we wish them only the very best success. Our concern is that our direct neighbors will ultimately have no say 
in what First Bank Corporation in Lakewood decides to do with the property. The Town of Vale will be totally hamstrung in the future on its input and say so on the property if the CC1 zoning regulations are approved and put into place in this scenic area. We respectfully request that you vote no uh, for the uh, C uh, CC1 regulation change. Thank you very much. Thanks, Scott. Hi, I'm Michelle Taylor and I'm on the board of Villa Cortina. Addressing the council today, we'd just like to refer to the letter of November 30th that was in the agenda packet. I hope the new um, council members were able to read all 175 pages. Um, but thank you very much and congratulations to you on your position. Um, East West did send us the new rendering that Jim referred to and, and uh, had up on the, on the board there dated November 30th, which they requested that we mention tonight. Um, the, rendi the rendering did alleviate some of our biggest concerns as East-West had reconfigured the parking and the dangerous drive aisle that was an approach from West Meadow right next to Villa Cortina, the fire department, the bus route, it was bad. That's gone and they, seems, they seem committed to preserving the mature 40-foot high tree hedge block. It's uh, um, 11 different blue spruces and aspens that separate the two properties on the east-west line. And then there's another block that's at the corner of um, Vale Road and West Meadow and then next to the chapel at the chapel's entrance. Um, and it also, you know, they've, it seems like from the new drawing that they're giving a lot more open to the, that intersection, which is so important when you first enter Vail, you know, just as the Sun and Alp has done on the other side of the road. So we don't know the density of these new drawings, but the old ones were about 80% site density, and the current building is only 48%. So um, as I said, um, I think this new rendering was sent to Jonathan, but it was not part of the agenda packet that you all received. Um, so the last one was in the November 25th meeting and it was in that packet. Let's see, um, East West has reiterated to us their willingness to do their best efforts to continue to adjust their final designs following this most recent 4240 concept and in consideration of all of the neighbor concerns. We have no reason to doubt them and we really appreciate their efforts on our behalf. We hope that East West and First Bank will honor their verbal commitments to Villa Cortina and other neighbors to leave maximum open space, not to build to 80% site density, to keep setbacks and to not decrease existing landscape so that all neighbors and visitors can enjoy light, open circulation, sun, and these beautiful 40 foot high mature blue spruce trees. We would like to underline that not only does Villa Cortina need to trust First Bank and East-West in their intent to redesign according to the latest renderings, but we need to trust the PEC and the town council to protect us, the neighbors of First Bank in this development process, just as Pastor Beebe just said about the chapel. Time. Um, last, last sentence is, if the new town council members have not had a chance to read the entire agenda package, Perhaps the second reading decision should be delayed until next month. I don't know if everybody had a chance to actually read through it. That's it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks.
Good evening, Johannes Fessler from the Sonnalp. We are obviously um, right across the street from the from the, from the first bank, and um, if I understood this correctly, we are not really looking to approve a specific project today. It's simply a overall rezoning. Um, and um, I, I don't know really um, the specifics, what is allowed under the proposed zoning versus uh, under the new one and, and, and what it would do. But I would very much like to see that a solution is found to allow a redevelopment for, um, uh, for, for this building. I don't think it's one of the better looking buildings and there's a, a lot more potential in a very important part of town <coughs> to make that simply look better. Um, I, I, for one, um, trust the process of DRB um, Planning Commission and, and the council to ultimately make sure that what, whatever gets, gets built there is, uh, fits um, uh, the lot and, and, um, and, and uh, checks all the boxes for other criteria that um, are, are necessary for this. So um, uh, I, I, I don't, again, I don't know whether CC1 is really the right answer here, but um, uh, I, I hope you find a way to um, move this uh, forward in some fashion. Thank you. Thank you, Johannes. Do we have any more public comment in the room or on Zoom? No? Um, all right, so we'll close public. Yeah. All right, closing public and comment. The applicant just has a few minutes if they'd like to address anything raised by comment or staff, if you'd like to, based Great. on or, or not. Yes, thank you very much. Um, I do want to make one clarification on um, the concern of First Bank potentially selling this um, down the road somewhere. Um, it is our plan right now they are the owners of the four condominiums because they bought them so they could do a possible redevelopment under the new um, proposal between the bank and ourselves we would sell those four units to four individuals so it would make for a resale of the site if you will a much harder undertaking because the condominium association would have to approve it um, and something like this would require a supermajority. So I, I'm hopeful that that takes the concern um, off the table about the potential to sell this going forward. And Nick, I don't know if you have anything else you want to fill in on this with your intentions. Nick Brinkman with First Bank here in uh, Eagle and Summit Counties. And I would just add, um, you know, quickly, you know, we have been working diligently with East West and you know, our intent from day one was to act as a good neighbor and a good member of this community. We've been in Vail, First Bank has since 1967, in this building since 1972, and it's, current, it's certainly our intent to continue to serve our customers in Vail. This is a flagship location for us, and, you know, we have absolutely no intent of obtaining this zoning and then abandoning this project as it stands today and selling this site to another uh, another developer. I mean, this is a, a very, very important location for us and, and our company. So appreciate your consideration. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's all I needed to uh, clarify. So appreciate it. Thank you. And did anyone have any more questions um, for staff? Just to... Go ahead. 
just wanted to remind a question for Greg, just to, and I'm, I know we covered this a couple weeks ago, I'm just trying to remember for sure. The current operation of the bank and the condos is, would be considered a violation of the current PA zoning, right? It's currently legally non-conforming, so it can remain, and they can remain in their current format, but they cannot increase, and if they discontinued their use for a period of one year, they would not be able to recontinue. If they discontinue their use for one whole year, so if they left and wanted to come back two years later, they wouldn't be able to, but they can maintain their use and their okay. building as it exists today. Thank you. I was just trying to, I was looking for that term, legal nonconformity. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Greg, I had a question yeah. as well. What's your, yes, what's the maximum height in CC1? Maximum height in CC1? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I believe it's, can I bring my presentation back up? Yes, I want to give you the correct number. As I believe it's about 40% can be 43 feet in height, and then 60% has to be 33 feet in height. Thank um, you. It's right around there. So if the building were taken down and under the PA zoning, they would not be able to replace it with a new bank and four residences. Is that right? Under PA zoning, they would have to redevelop to a lodge. They could have some ancill ancillary commercial, similar to the Sun and Alp at the ground level, but they would not be able to have a bank and residential dwelling units under the BA zoning. Okay. And the height, 60%, 33 feet, and 40%, 43, I was right, yes. So 60% of, of a potential new building would actually be lower than what's allowed today. Yeah, today it's 45 and 48, so to, under PA it would actually be a taller building on all parts, 48 all around. Any other council members have any questions for Greg? Motion to approve ordinance number 26, series of 2023 on second reading. Second. Okay, uh, are you including the findings in the staff or in the ordinance as well? They're in the ordinance, but you can, the findings in the criteria in the staff memorandum of today's date, but they're already in the ordinance. So we Okay, I just am but trying Barry, to, to channel my Kevin. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. I am also in favor. Any opposed? Motion carries 6-0. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Uh, lastly, we have finance department back with ordinance number 27, series of 2023 on second reading and ordinance providing for the levy assessment and collection of town ad valorem property taxes due for the 2023 tax year and payable in the 2024 tax year. Carly Smith, finance director. Thank you. So to give some background, the town is required to certify their mill every year and that allows the town to collect property taxes based on the prior year valuations. Since the first reading of this was published, there have actually been quite a bit of updates. Um, Proposition HH failed, and as a result, the governor held a special session and passed a new Senate bill. Um, because of that, it does affect the valuations that the county originally gave us. So we are requesting that this be tabled tonight. Um, the certification date has been moved 
up. Um, we usually have to certify by December 15th, but that deadline has been moved to January 10th. It allows counties to um, update their valuations. Um, in our case, the county is also needing to do software updates. Um, so we'll be back at second reading um, with some additional information. Included in the Senate bill is a possibility to get backfilled some of the property taxes um, that are being reduced due to the lower valuations. We won't know if we qualify for that until we get the assessed values back. So we'll, um, and we're working with Matt's firm on some options. So when we come back in January, we should have a lot more information and be able to provide some options and updates on this. <coughs> Move to table. I would, I would like you to uh, move and continue the ordinance. Okay. The date certain and what date you want. January 2nd. So move to continue the public hearings on January 2nd. Your mic's not on that. Move to, sorry, Mayor. Sorry, to move to continue the public hearing till January 2nd and move to table ordinance 27 to that date as well. So moved. Second. All right, we have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. I am also in favor. Any opposed? Motion carries 7-0. Move motion to adjourn. adjourn. We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. I'm also in favor. Any opposed? Motion carries 7-0.